This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where we read you the best real estate investing advice Monday through Sunday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Tyler. And if you like this article, you'll find thousands of others like it at biggerpockets.com blog. But you can't, or at least you shouldn't, be looking at a screen when you're mowing the lawn or driving for deals. So enjoy this show and check out the rest of our podcasts. Just search Bigger Pockets on your favorite podcast app. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app landlord. That's rent.app landlord. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Five ways you can get rich without investing in real estate. What? By Anna K. Cottrell. All right, investing in real estate can and will be a great way for you to generate wealth, but it's not for everybody. For one, the term passive income, air quotes, really does not describe real estate investing totally accurately. Becoming an investor is a much more hands-on process than just buying a house and renting it out. All the maintenance and potential issues with tenants, toilets, and trash will become your responsibility. And if you want to grow your portfolio to multiple properties, the responsibilities just grow exponentially. The time and effort required simply isn't realistic for someone who already has a full-time job, for example, or existing family commitments. On the other hand, some people would like to invest in real estate, but just don't have the cash. Does this mean you have to give up on your dream of financial independence? No. There are other options that can help you generate substantial wealth, too, some of which don't require you to be nearly as involved as real estate investing. 
In a December episode of the podcast with Scott Trench and Mindy Jensen named The Top 5 Ways to Get Rich Without Investing in Real Estate, let's go ahead and dive in on the Bigger Pockets Daily podcast with a look at each one of the five. Number one, index funds. Old school, man. Obviously, one form of investing or another had to make this list. As Mindy points out, when people think investing, they typically think two schools of thought, real estate or stock market. That's so true. So there are many different types of stock market investing, but investing in index funds is often recommended to the average or beginner investor. Why? Well, you're basically investing in the economy as a whole on the assumption that it will perform well over time. This is usually a less risky strategy than investing in just one segment of the economy or a single industry or product. Scott admits he's a big index fund investor and has faith in the U.S. economy, which keeps growing and evolving thanks to the continuous introduction of new tech, such as the Internet and artificial intelligence or AI. It's good for now until they take over the universe, am I right? <laughs> Robots. So these make the economy more productive in the long term, and Scott thinks it's a very reasonable long-term assumption that an index fund investor will get well, a 7-10% to 10 annualized return. Not bad. Mindy adds that she too is a big index fund investor, but tends to pick more tech-heavy indices. She also has VT Sachs shares, which come with greater risk, but also there's a greater chance of reward. Ultimately, the great thing about index fund investing is that it's almost totally passive, for real. And you don't have to have a ton of cash to invest either. You can put in as little or as much as you can afford. It's just up to you and your current financial capabilities. The downside, of course, index fund investing is a long-term game. You can sell anytime you want, but Scott warns investors against that. I believe you should invest for a very long period of time. Direct quote from Scott. In fact, both podcast hosts agree with Warren Buffett's statement that his favorite holding time for investments is forever. The best mechanism here is repeatedly reinvesting the dividends you get as this will yield you much higher returns over the years. And when is index fund investing not for you? According to Scott, it's all about belief. If you think that the U.S. economy actually will shrink over time with less GDP and less productivity across the economy, you may not feel so confident putting your money in the stock market. Number two, 401ks and IRAs. Kind of goes along with number one. 401k and IRA investing is another way of saying that you're investing in retirement accounts. 401k plans involve paying into pre-tax retirement funds, whereas the IRA method involves post-tax accounts like Roth and is more suitable for people with incomes under hundred grand. If you're going down the 401k route, you can contribute up to 23,000 bucks for the 2024 tax year. The money comes out of your paycheck before taxes, also called a tax-deferred contribution. You're only going to pay tax on your investment when it comes to withdrawing dividends at retirement. You can withdraw early, pre-retirement, but this will come with a 10% penalty. Employers can contribute to 401ks, but they're also available to the self-employed. Investing in 401ks can be a super powerful tool for wealth building. As Scott explains, and I quote, if you take that 23 grand that you invest in 2024, for example, maybe you get an 8% return by investing in things like stock market index funds. What we just talked about, you can get to a million dollar balance in that 401k in under 
20 years. End quote. The other option is the IRA route or paying into an individual retirement account. That's what IRA stands for. It has lower contribution limits, $6,500 in 2023 and $7,000 in 2024. Eight grand if you're 50 or older trying to make catch-up contributions. Way number three to get rich, job hopping. There's another, and this is actually super effective way to improve your financial prospects. And it doesn't even require you to invest in anything, just advancing your own career. And the best way to do that is just to switch jobs. The days when sticking with the same employer for decades yielded substantial promotions and well-rewarded seniority are gone for most of us. Mindy points out to a very important reality of the current job market, and I quote, there's more money in the hiring budget for most companies than there is in the retention budget, end quote. As an employee, you're always in the strongest position when negotiating your salary before starting a new job. In 2022, 49% of job hoppers got inflation-beating raises, as opposed to only 42% of those who stuck with their employer. And if this makes you feel like you're somehow being disloyal to your employer, don't worry. Job hopping is very normal now. As of January 2022, the average amount of time a U.S. employee stays with any one employer was just over four years. Scott and Mindy advise focusing on adding value to your resume with each new job, whether through upskilling or taking on new responsibilities. You then stay in your current job so long as your new skills and added value are being appropriately rewarded. Once you've plateaued at your current company, it's perfectly fine to move on. Scott does offer a word of caution about counting potential bonuses when job hopping. Sure, a job may promise you 90,000 bucks where 50% of that is a bonus, but you gotta be able to afford the risk of not getting the bonus. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you need to concentrate on jobs that may offer you lower salaries, but at least the income is steady. Number four, boring businesses. That doesn't sound too attractive. Actually, boring businesses are some of the most lucrative investment opportunities. <laughs> so, all right, what do we mean by boring businesses? Scott gives a few examples. All right, HVAC companies, boring, dry cleaners, Ugh, small trucking businesses, sanitation and plumbing businesses, boring and stinky, and even asphalt paving businesses. Why are these unglamorous ventures some of the best ways to generate wealth? Several reasons. One is that these types of businesses are surprisingly lucrative. They can generate 300,000 to as much as 750K a year. No joke. So given that a business typically sells for twice the amount of its annual cash flow, you could easily get 600 grand or more when it comes to selling the business and then reinvest that money into, say, real estate. One thing potential investors will need to remember is that businesses are a lot of work. This will probably be a full-time job for at least six months to a year, maybe even several years, says Scott. Your job as an investor will involve systematizing and modernizing the businesses, as well as improving marketing strategies and reputation building. Remember, a lot of these businesses are owned by baby boomers and don't even have websites. So, quote from Scott, there's tons of opportunity in this space and not enough competition from buyers at this point. 
This is definitely a less competitive investment space than real estate for sure, but it can give you a great leg up to real estate investing in the future. You also will need substantial amounts of cash to buy even a tiny business in the hundreds of thousands. However, you may need a bit less if you manage to get a business association loan or seller financing to help you. So, if you are interested but daunted by having to navigate an industry you know nothing about, <laughs> consider buying a franchise. Yeah, this type of business investing gives you a playbook, as it were. That's kind of what Scott explains. And you don't need to know as much about the ins and outs of running the business just because the template's already there. Number five, side hustles. The wealth-generating possibilities of side hustles should not be underestimated. I have my own story on this. These come with varying degrees of hands-on work and responsibility. Incomes also vary a great deal depending on product and location, from twenty-five grand to as much as $100,000. I took my side hustle to make over three hundred grand per year. No joke. It's legit. Mindy recommends being mindful of the location, the community needs, and the business viability. That statistic about 90% of small businesses failing in the first year, it's not completely accurate, but it's not completely inaccurate either. Direct quote from Mindy. All right, so you need a plan and a buyer for your product. Do your research. Make sure what you can offer will find demand. Scott also makes an important point about being honest with yourself about just how passive your side hustle is going to be. If you end up spending all your free time basically actively producing something for your new business, that might not make sense financially. Ideally, a side hustle should eventually take on its own momentum without you needing to put a ton of time and effort into it. Here's what Scott says, and I quote, I think people fall into the trap of their side hustle not being as lucrative per hour as their day job in many cases, end quote. And if you do fail, Try something else. In fact, most successful side hustlers try out a few things before they strike proverbial gold. Keep trying. Just choose wisely and choose something that could one day allow you to quit your day job instead of having to work two jobs indefinitely. And some final thoughts for today. This is by no means an exhaustive list of ways to build wealth without investing in real estate. So as Scott and Mindy admit on the podcast, there are a ton of other ways, like cryptocurrency, what, and horse breeding among them. The point is to choose something you're interested in and comfortable pursuing over a period of at least a few years. And remember this, most successful investing requires patience. Some of it requires dedication and hands-on work. I hope you enjoyed today's article. Remember, you can find thousands more like it at biggerpockets.com slash blog. And for another fresh perspective on real estate investing, join me again right here tomorrow. Ta-ta!